Hi everyone, this is Neil, and welcome to the first ever Grassroots Security Podcast. Thank you, thank you. I watched the news last night, and it's meant to be a scorcher here in Ireland. When I say scorcher, it's going to be around 20 Celsius or 68 Fahrenheit. I know, I know, some people will laugh at this, but we're lucky to get weather in the 20s. So for those listening for the first time, It is the first time anyone's listening. So for those listening, Ked Milafalcha or 100,000 welcomes to you. I set up the Grassroots Security Podcast for two things. Provide better awareness about security, including tips that hopefully most people can understand. Unfortunately, I will only be broadcasting in English, so for those expecting me to speak in Asquelga, tough. And two, talk about what's happening in the news related to security. Before I start, just a disclaimer. The opinions here are of my own, and relying any information from this podcast is at your own risk. With that out of the way, onwards we go. This was recorded on the 21st of July, 2020, to provide context. The New York Times reported a few days ago that on July 15, an attack broke into 130 Twitter accounts of world leaders, celebrities, and tech leaders. The attackers sent out tweets from these accounts offering to send $2,000 for every $1,000 sent to an anonymous Bitcoin address. Let's pause for a while here and think, what do people say about if it's too good to be true? Let's hear it. If it's too good to be true, it probably isn't true. And sending to an anonymous Bitcoin address, that makes it really dodgy. So when you encounter these type of messages, pause before you do anything. I know this is common sense, but oftentimes, in the fast-paced environment we live in, we keep on rushing into action instead of pausing whether it makes sense. Now back to the news. The investigation is still in progress, so this is still developing. But apparently, the attackers were able to access Twitter's internal systems through a successful social engineering. For those who are not familiar, social engineering is an intentional manipulation of people into performing certain actions. In this case, the attackers were able to successfully manipulate a small number of employees and use their credentials to access Twitter's internal systems, including getting through their two-factor protections. I am guessing that in order for employees to access Twitter's internal systems, they authenticate with two factors, possibly with a password and a token. On the surface, this is very worrying as two-factor is meant to significantly reduce the risk of accounts being compromised by attackers. Please note that I mentioned reduce the risk as it is not possible to eliminate the risk even with two-factor authentication. The Twitter blog mentioned that out of the 130 accounts, 45 of these accounts, the attackers were able to initiate a password reset and log into the account to send the tweets. I wonder whether those 45 accounts have any two-factor authentication set on them. As the news is developing, I won't speculate further. However, since we're talking about Twitter and two-factor, if you have a Twitter account, I would recommend setting up two-factor authentication, and this is how. 
Whenever you are using a service accessible through the internet, it is always recommended to set up two-factor authentication or 2FA where possible. This may also be known as multi-factor authentication or MFA. What this means is that you have to set up another authentication method in addition to your password. This can mean receiving a text message, a call, using an authentication app like Google Authenticator, or using a physical security key. If you select to receive a call or a text message, you will receive a call or text message to confirm the phone number after setting it up. Using your mobile phone number to receive a call or text message is the least secure of these methods, given there are ways to route or route the call to a destination pretending to be your number. But I'll talk about that at a different time. Even though that it's not the most secure additional authentication, it is still better than just having your password assuming that not everyone knows your number. The other reason why you might want to consider a call or text as your other factor is that in the event your phone gets lost or dies, you can just replace it easily. The other method is using an authenticator app like Google Authenticator, Microsoft Authenticator, Authy, Duo Mobile, OnePassword, etc. If you select this method, you will be asked to either scan a quick response or QR code or enter a setup key. If using a QR code, you will need to point your camera phone to the QR code on the screen, which looks like black squares arranged in a square grid on a white background. It looks like a mess, but it means something, like my brain probably after a hard day at work. <laughs> Once you have successfully added the code to your Authenticator app, you will need to enter the digits that come up into the service website or application. The issue with the Authenticator app is that if something happens to your phone, that contains the app like losing it or making it swim in a bucket of water, you often will need to go through hoops to log into your account again. So please ensure that you have another method in case something happens to your phone. The other method is using a physical security key. These are basically USB security keys based on the FIDO U2F open authentication standard. Some of the vendors that sell these keys include Ubico, Thethys, and CryptoTrust. Please do your research on which one will best suit you. The idea here is that you plug it in and just tap or touch a button on the key to log in. Just make sure you have the physical security key with you at all times, which can be an issue sometimes. The other issue is that you need to have a USB supported device like a laptop or a computer with you, which may not always be the case. So what's a recommended setup? You may want to consider the authentication application on your phone since you will often have it with you. Having a backup method either through a one-time use password if your service supports it like Twitter, a phone number, or an alternative email address. They're not perfect, but they may help you from getting locked out of your account. Now back to setting up 2FA on Twitter. To set this up, click on More and go to your Settings and Privacy. In Account, and under the Login and Security section, look for Security. You should see two-factor authentication. This helps protect your account from unauthorized access by requiring a second authentication method in addition to your Twitter password. You are given the choices of Text Message, Authenticator App, 
or security key. Just follow the instructions and you should be set. As you are using Twitter, you will be provided a single-use backup code. Put this in a safe place like your password manager and not on your sticky notes on your desktop. This is the backup code to use only once in the event the other two-factor authentication methods are not available. Remember the phone that you let swim in the bucket of water? That phone. Once you're set up, the next time you log in, you will enter your Twitter name and password, and you will then be asked to enter your two-factor authentication. And that's it. You're done. And that's it for today. I do hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions, I would love to hear from you. Take care and keep safe.